You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 375. Uh, like last week, our apologies. <laughs> Just one podcast episode this week. We'll look back at the Eagles-Giants game and look forward to the Eagles-Cardinals game. We'll look at all the playoff scenarios coming up for the Eagles, tiebreakers and such. But before we get to all that goodness, Wrong Crowd Beer is where you should be buying your alcoholic beverages. Uh, that's wrongcrowdbeer.com or go visit them in their brewery slash restaurant in Westchester, PA. Great little town, uh, great little brewery place. You know, go get some food, get some beers, good times, good people. I like the Boser Bub personally. That's my recommendation to you if you do check them out online or go visit them in person. Brandon, what's yours again? The strawberry, what's the, I know it's the strawberry milkshake one, but what's it called? Strawberry milkshake IPA. I think it's like the first their first anniversary mm-hmm. ale. Um, I also like uh, their little six pack of like this the crushable beers, which I'm forgetting the name of at the top of my head. I'm looking that up right now. Um, but those are also very good. Just like you know, like a standard. Um, it's like a smaller can as opposed to the bigger cans they do. Um, I just I had some of those last night. Actually, brought them over to my friend's house. Um, who were, they were trying them for the first time and they really liked them a lot. So. Uh, yeah, you're missing out if you're not getting. They have like wrong. a lot of different iterations uh, of beers. Like they keep coming out with. Um, I wouldn't say keep coming out with new ones, but they they kind of rotate the selection they have. Like what they had when we visited them, you know, during the summer around training camp was different than what they have now during the winter here. So they're yes. seasonal in that in that respect. Definitely worth checking out. And I mean, they know their stuff. Like <laughs> the, the the marketing materials they give us, they're like very in depth. And, uh, like they're, they, I mean, that they really know what they're doing, uh, in terms of brewing beers and it's awesome. Like their, their beers are, are really good. I like the, uh, what's the golf one again? Ride and birdie. birdie. Yeah. That one's good too. It's that's a good summer beer. I don't know if they have that available right now, but right now the Boser bub, which is a German Pilsner is my current favorite. Uh, again, Brandon with the strawberry milkshake, but. Whatever. The one <laughs> I was thinking of, by the way, in uh, the smaller cans, the Westchester Lager. Okay. Yeah, there's also a Pilsner and like um, very crushable. You know, you could have a couple of those and it's, you know, a nice time and it's delicious and, and it's light too. So definitely check out Wrong Crowd Beer at wrongcrowdbeer.com. All right. Eagles, Giants. Uh, a lot of a lot of people unhappy with uh, what happened in that <laughs> game. <laughs> I mean, they won. They won by eight and it was looking like it was going to be a blowout for a little while, but then. You know, the Eagles let them back into it with a couple of weird plays. You know, the first mm. being the Alameda Zacchaeus big hit on Boston Scott on the kickoff return coming out of the first half, which turned into a fumble. Giants recovery. They score. 
And then later the Jalen Hurts pick six to a Dory Jackson, which probably would have been completion if Dallas Goddard hadn't slipped and fallen down, but he slipped and fell down. Jackson gets the easy pick, runs it back for a score. So kind of two fluky plays that turned what would have otherwise been a, you know, probably a blowout into a closer game than it needed to be. And you can look at the result and kind of go, well, Walt, those two plays didn't happen. You know, it's not a close game. But I think on the on the eye test, they mm. just don't look right. <laughs> like, you know, kind of like they haven't all year. I mean, there have been bits and, you know, bits and pieces of the season where they've looked really, you know, really good. Like during the, the early stretch, they looked great at times against the early stretch of the, of the quote unquote gauntlet. They looked good against the Cowboys and the Bills and the Chiefs at times. Um, but obviously they kind of fell apart uh, against the 49ers and then the Cowboys thereafter. And they didn't, obviously the Seahawks was a disaster of a game. And then this latest game, um, you know, even the players, I think, you know, during the, the locker room session after the game, yeah. were very self-aware of, you know, they, they do not think they're playing to the standard that they could be playing. Devontae Smith being at the front of the line uh, on in that regard, you know, not being happy with the way that the offense is playing. So they're a team that has two weeks to sort of figure things out against the two very bad opponents in the Cardinals and the Giants. And um, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get some momentum uh, heading into the playoffs. Cause right now they just don't have it. Like they're, they're not close to the team that they were in 2022, but let's get to some of the things that happened, um, you know, in that game. What, what was your kind of biggest thing from this game? Well, a high level takeaway, I guess would be, does this team really look like a well-coached team right now? Yeah. Are they, they sharp? Are they smart? Are they crisp? No, they're not. They, they're doing dumb things. Um, and it's not just like one player, although, you know, Jalen Carter had a couple dumb mistakes mm -hmm. in this game with an offside penalty that allowed the Giants to turn a fourth and six into a fourth and one where they were able to go for it and potentially extend a scoring drive. It ultimately turned out that they didn't get points off of that. I believe that was the Hassan Reddick TFL um, that forced a turnover on downs, but I mean, that should have been a stop. And against a better team, probably score there, at least a field goal, if not a touchdown. And also, you know, his offside penalty, which was not caught an offside penalty, but a false start on the Giants center, which Jalen Carter himself believed was a false oh, the entire start. Line. If offside. you look at the all 22, the entire line just, they just, yes. Carter knows he messed up, and the rest of the guys just kind of like, you see their bodies slump, their hands and up. they go, they're like, yeah. oh. Uh, Nobody was expecting uh, the Giants to be called for a false start on that play. Exactly. And that was fourth and four. So that would have given the Giants a first down. Yeah. Instead, it set them back to fourth and nine. And they decided to punt instead of going for it from fourth and four. So like that's a huge swing right there um, with the Eagles getting the benefit. Of the I doubt do think that, that was a false call. start, by the way. Like it, it was a legit okay. call because what they did was, you know, how like the when they're doing the silent count, the center or the, the either of the guards will kind of flash their hand in front of the in front of the mm -hmm. center to say okay it's good to snap the ball and then as soon as he did that right. the center dipped his head uh kind of violently to kind of draw the the offsides mm -hmm. he can't do that so like you know it was a legit false start call in my opinion but again getting back to your point they did not think it was an offside they did not think mm -hmm. it was a false start like he jumped it was a legit mistake on jalen carter's part and it wasn't, I'm not trying to just pick on him. Obviously, I think Jalen Carter's had a great year for a rookie, and he's slowed down a little bit lately, and that's kind of a concern. Mm -hmm. But I still think he's having a good year. But it's also, you know, it is the Alameda Zacchaeus thing. It is 
the the end of first half i can't believe it took me this long to mention this the end of the second quarter slash end of first half sequence there where Kenny Gainwell fumbles out of bounds. Nick Sirianni admittedly after the, you know, mm-hmm. has admitted that he messed up by not calling a timeout there and allowing like 19. Well, it was like, it was like he, Kenny Gainwell fumbles at like 50. As the I clock think, was around. running off, I'm sitting in the press box and I actually said, out loud, do they not realize that the clock is running? <laughs> like, right. it, it was such an obvious point to call a timeout and they just did. And what he was doing, he's trying to get too cute. He didn't want to leave the giants with any time left on the clock, which are you kidding me? You're scared of Tommy DeVito, right. like running like a, a right. 75 yard drive for a late score. Go score yourself. It's ridiculous to, to, to think right. that like you're going to score with exactly like, you know, five to 10 seconds left on the clock. It's crazy that they took yep. that approach. I agree. And I mean, maybe at most they get a field goal, you know, it's like Hail Mary or pass interference or something like a touchdown seems pretty unlikely. So, okay. You like, you still netted four points if you're really, truly worried about yeah. that. Uh, but regardless, uh, so waste 19 seconds there, you're down to 31 and then Jalen hurts just unforgivable, like not getting out of bounds mm-hmm. where it looks so much worse. I feel like on the all 22 too, where like you can just see the, the moment where you can clearly just step out of bounds. And at that point, you, you probably have at least one more throw into the end zone to, to potentially get a touchdown. Instead, you're lucky that you even get your field goal off because Bobby, uh, Okereke there. Um, I think that was a legitimate call. I think some oh, people absolutely. were saying that like, wasn't questionably. He he grabbed the ball and he wouldn't give it to the official. The official was trying exactly. to get, was trying to take the ball from him and he wouldn't give it up. Well, so it was uh, either it was like Kelsey or Goddard or whoever. Like they were trying to rip at yeah. it and he wouldn't let go. So it's like and, it was, and like you said, the, the rep is literally right there. So of course they're going to call that um, a little too egregious of of, of time wasting there. So I do agree that was a legitimate penalty. Some people I thought saw or were saying I saw people saying that wasn't. But in any case, like the bigger picture, like that is just so concerning, like especially some of the game management stuff from Nick. I mean, he doesn't call plays. So like you would want him to be especially sharp in these situations with these this kind of stuff. And obviously Jalen Hurts, too. With him, I was talking to RJ on the NFC East mixtape about that. It just doesn't seem like he has that, you know, like special kind of quarterback innate like 1000 IQ stuff, which to be fair is a high standard to hold him to. I'm not saying just any quarterback does that, but it's just a little disappointing to see that he kind of, I think lacks that at times. And from the Sirianni part of it again, like what, how is he giving this team an edge right now? Like what, what right now is Nick Sirianni doing that is like manifesting and giving this team an edge because again, I'm not seeing it in terms of there's dumb stuff happening out there. I'm not seeing it in these game management situations. I'm not seeing it from, I think, one of the most important things that he should be able to do, again, as a non-play caller, is manage the vibes. What are the vibes for this team? They're not happy after a win. You mentioned Devontae saying, um, and I think, you know, I respect Devontae for saying that. That's, I think, how he should feel, that the the team has you know leaving money on the table so to speak mm-hmm. but aj brown doesn't even want to talk after a win he's like he's right. it's like that's the kind of thing you would see after like an ugly or bad loss um you also uh have hassan reddick you know yelling at the sideline mm-hmm. like there's so much weird stuff going on with the vibes of this team the fact that you had you know jeff mcclain come out with that story last week about how they were like the most ten, uh, miserable 10 and one team ever <laughs> coming from a, a team source inside the building like there's so much just bad vibes kind of stuff and by contrast i think sirianni did a really good job with that in the past i think like entering the 2021 2022 seasons and throughout those seasons at points like the vibes were really good and i just don't think we've seen that this year so my that's i go back to my question what is nick sirianni giving this team as an edge 
Yeah, and he used to be really good at the um, the time management stuff too, frankly, and uh, the timeouts and um, you know just regular game management type things. Because that's what he was able to concentrate on. Is there's as a head coach, there's a lot of things to. It's too much, like sometimes for for a head coach to call plays and then also do the game management stuff and, and the time management stuff. And you know, part of the reason he gave that up was that so that he can concentrate on on those things. And you're right, like one thing that he could really hang his hat on previously was you know situational football where they're really just a lot smarter than their opponents. Usually, as we, mm-hmm. we've kind of gotten used to seeing, but lately not as much. And certainly in the, in that game, I wanted to come back real quick to uh, the Jalen Hurts running out of bounds play. There was actually a flag thrown in the end zone during that play. Yeah, which they I don't think they yeah. showed on the telecast, but I remember Chris Franklin during the game was like, "There's a flag in the end zone," <laughs> and like, and I think what they did there was they called the the referee threw the flag anyway. I think for illegal contact, which legal contact is actually legal once the quarterback breaks the pocket you can't hold right and you can't pass interfere when the ball's in the air but you can chuck the receiver like you can right. you can hit them at the that Seahawks point used to like be famous for yeah that. like as soon as the quarterback would run out of the pocket they would just like push guys around so i think what happened there was the referee threw the flag uh seeing an illegal contact penalty and then he realized oh hertz is out of the mm. pocket and he went and picked it up which is kind of like a not cool. <laughs> like, cause I, and to be clear, I don't think Hertz saw the flag or else they would have mm-hmm. said, I saw the flag. And then I figured the clock was going to stop anyway. So I got as many yards as I could instead of going out of bounds. He, they admitted, he admitted like he shouldn't have gone out of bounds or I'm sorry. He admitted that he should have gone out of bounds and not tried to get like a couple extra yards. So I don't, I don't think that excuse holds water but i just i just didn't yeah. want to kind of note that real quick like if you throw a flag you have to kind of announce oh there's no penalty on the play which giants right. fans would have been super pissed off because it would have been basically like a free timeout for the eagles but you can't just throw yeah. a flag and then go and pick it up without saying anything about it like it's kind of ridiculous that that happened hmm. anyway uh i don't want to make this about officials or anything like that <laughs> but like it was sort of a weird sequence in addition to the uh you know the the jalen carter uh, mess ups that you mentioned and hurts, you know, not getting out of bounds. A lot of other mistakes by guys in this game. Like Jordan Mailata had just kind of a ridiculous block in the back, totally unnecessary. Yeah. On, a, on you know, it was again right in front of the ref. And that's not like sneaky. Or like- that preceded the the pick six. So that kind of put him behind the sticks. Mm. And maybe that, maybe the pick six doesn't happen if they're not backed up by that block in the back. Sidney Brown had a dumb late hit on Tyrod Taylor as he was sliding to the ground. AJ Brown had a couple, I would call them concentration drops. One of them certainly was. The other one, he was kind of getting hit after he, after you know. That was a big hit. It was a big hit, and but I I still think he normally catches that. But I I won't I wouldn't but call also yes I, he's AJ Brown to be fair. I wouldn't call that one a concentration drop, but I would call the other one a concentration drop. And so he was yeah. kind of up and down. You know, he made a couple of big plays in that game. But I guess the overall point being here is like it's December and this is when mm-hmm. the veteran teams should be playing the best ball of their season. And they just very clearly are not right now. I agree with that um, on the Hertz interception. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, Goddard slipped, not his fault. Yeah, but the play before he almost threw an interception. Correct. Right. So like sometimes your luck, you know, evens out. And and I think that it kind of did a little bit there in back-to-back plays. Now, I think the first, if he gets picked on that other play on the throw over in the middle, I don't know if that's a pick six, considering that was more of like in the middle of the field as opposed to uh, just 
out by itself on the boundary mm-hmm. where Odori Jackson was, but still not great. And also like the fact that Jalen Hurts commits the horse car there, I guess I respect, you know, the attempt to try to run him down, push him out of yeah. bounds or whatever. But like at that point where you commit that penalty, that was a big penalty in terms of, okay, now you give them an easy two point conversion try from the one yard line. They get it. And at the end of the game, it's a one score game still because of that <laughs> right. mistake. Ultimately, like, like if you don't do that there and you just let them get the touchdown, uh, when you realize it's too late, then it's a nine point game at the end. And then the giants don't have a chance to score in the final play 26 yards away or whatever they were from, um, being able to potentially tie the game there and send it to mm-hmm. overtime. So I, I don't know. I just, I saw a lot of like, Oh, Jordan Hertz had a really good game and, I don't think he had a terrible game, but I still think from a vibes perspective, from like a, a confidence level, like I, I'm not like feeling, Oh, amazing now because Dylan Hurts had that kind of game against, I don't think he sucked to be clear, but like, I don't think he had like a, just a, an amazing game against the giants that totally makes me feel like the past three games aren't concerning still or anything like that didn't wash the bad taste out of my mouth for me at least yeah i mean he made some really nice throws in this game i for sure jotted some down like just as the game was going on the first one was it was like a sort of like a corner like a short corner route to dallas goddard anticipation throw just perfect ball right on him dallas goddard gets two feet in before he was out of bounds and then like this is you know wide open throw but on the throw to Devontae Smith on the catch and run, the long catch and run for a touchdown, that ball, that's a perfect ball. Like he just hits Devontae Smith perfectly in stride, head high, gives him every opportunity to maximize his yards after the catch. Really underrated throw because, I mean, because he was so wide open, like you don't want to miss that throw. But if it's off a little bit, like if it's off in front of him, maybe he stumbles a little bit trying to get to it. If it's behind him maybe a little bit, you give the opportunity to the defender to to catch up and bring him down. But perfect ball. You know, had good zip on it, and then you know Devontae's off to the races. I thought that was a good throw. A bunch of other good throws during this game as well. So I don't think this was a terrible game. It wasn't as bad a game as I thought no. it was uh, immediately after the game, but after kind of looking back at it and and seeing some of the throws he made and some of the runs that he made, by the way, in this game too. He's not injured anymore. Clearly, like his knee is fine. Mm. Like there, there's, I think that you know all that 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 whole storyline was kind of just a a weird fabrication in some ways like he definitely was hampered mm. by it for a couple days but like the idea that like you know like from david carr for example who suggested that he needed to sit down <laughs> for for like a game or two and let marcus mariota play get out of here like he it wasn't hurt to anywhere near the, the degree where you would even you know vaguely consider that um but i, I think he's fine uh, in terms of uh health that his knee's fine he's running fine but again, like I said, he threw the ball fine in this game. It's just the mental errors. Um, and then, like, I guess the big concern after this game, too, on the coaching front is their offense against the Blitz. Giants blitzed. First of all, the Giants blitz a lot as it is. Like, they're the second mm-hmm. most blitz-heavy defense in the NFL behind only, I think it's the Vikings. Uh, but they're right. like who the Eagles saw 40-something. Yeah, they're like 40-something percent of their plays. They They send an extra guy at least. Uh, in this game, they're up over 60%. And it looked like, to me, uh, Hurst's first instinct is to extend. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say bail necessarily, but to extend the play and give his receivers more of a chance to get open. And then he tries to hit them on the run as opposed to just beating the blitz with a quick throw. And I don't think it's necessarily on Hurts that he's sort of wired that way because I don't think the offensive scheme gives him the opportunity all the time to hit hot routes. Now, I don't know if that's 
a function of Hertz not seeing the blitz or the potential for one pre-snap and getting them into right. a look where they can exactly. hit a hot route or if the hot routes just aren't built into the offense as automatics um, when there's the potential for there, there was one play in particular that really stood out. Giants had seven guys up on the line of scrimmage and at the snap, all of them came. <laughs> there are only four guys back in coverage and they just, and basically the Eagles ran like, I wouldn't call it four verts because I think one of the guys ran uh, a slant, but it, they just were not, they, they weren't running routes in like in, in a way that they would correct uh, for, you know, blitz from the defense. Like at least the, there, there was, there was, it didn't seem like any of them broke off their, their original route uh, on the play call. And I thought that was kind of an egregious example. And then of course hurts as he did basically the whole game, <laughs> you know, he tried to leak out uh, to the perimeter and make a play, but, um, and you know, when, when the giants blitz, they were effective in, in terms of getting the Eagles off schedule mm -hmm. and, and, you know, kind of trying to make them make a play off schedule and it's hard to win football games when you're trying to make that many plays off schedule throughout the course of the Eagles offense was fine. Like they scored, I think on what seven of the 10 possessions they had. So it's not like, you know, they, they really, and of course one of them was the the pick six, um, mm -hmm. you know, so like, I don't think it's necessarily that they, um, the offense looked horrible, but against the blitz, man, I think they got to come up with some better answers between now and the playoffs or they're going to, I mean, opposing defenses are just going to blitz the bejesus out of them until then. They should be doing that right now. Yeah. They should be doing that like every play until they they, solve, they prove they can solve it. Uh, th that is something that has been an issue dating back to last year. So I don't want to hear, here I go with my Brian Johnson defense. But it's true. Like, that was legitimately something that was, one like, for as much as there really wasn't to criticize about the Eagles offense in 2022, that was an issue. Like, we saw how they handled the blitz. Mm -hmm was part of the problem so like again i don't think it's just about the offensive coordinator it goes bigger than that i think you have to say you know sirianni at the top level i also think you know the quarterback plays a factor in that when he has a propensity to hold the ball longer than any other quarterback pretty much Fair. for the most part he is the second slowest average time to throw if teams see that if teams know the quarterback is going to hold on to the ball and not get rid of it quickly then yeah you're gonna blitz them because guess what you're giving a chance for all those rushers or one of those rushers to get home the quarterback's just gonna hold the ball for forever and i do think there are fair issues raised about the design i think johnny page and shane half did a really good job uh, breaking that down, talking about it on this week's podcast. And it's, again, it's not new. It's not like a new revelation, but certainly was more apparent this week going up against the defense they played. But yeah, I think Hertz, you know, plays a part in that in terms of checks at the line of scrimmage and getting them into maybe a hot route. Um, I also think that, uh, yeah, again, if you're going to hold the ball forever, that's an issue. Uh, Shane Haft pointed out one of the plays where, I don't know if it was specifically against the Blitz, but, um, you know, as we've talked about all season, Jalen bailing from clean pockets when like you just got to make the throw, like stay in the pocket, make anticipatory throw over the middle of the field to uh, Dallas Goddard, who is about to break free with a, a linebacker in his vicinity, but standing flat footed and not really, you know, like leaning towards the way of where the ball would be. Like, it's just. I, I think there's times where, again, that kind of goes into the holding the ball on, on or holding onto the ball for so long is not making those kind of anticipation throws. So um, I'm not trying to crush Jalen here and say it's some kind of off game. It's not the case. But I don't think this is anything. This is not 
uh, you know, steal a line from Jim Schwartz. Like, this is not a gold star. I'm not handing out any gold stars after a game like that. Um, So I still think he can play better, which I'm not really worried about him in terms of his ceiling. I think he can and will play better than this. But that kind of game is not incredibly confidence inspiring for me. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Pass rush is, uh, is is a problem. You know, heading into week 16, the Giants given up 76 sacks, um, which by far the most in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. They had, uh, So, like, sacks allowed in a season, the NFL record is the 86 Eagles. They give up, like, 104, which is, which is just an insane number. And then the next closest team was the 87 Cardinals, 78. And then this year's Giants, again, with – three games to play heading into week 16 they're at 76 so by the time the season is over the giants are no question going to be the they're going to be second all time in sacks allowed in a season and the eagles had one sack in this game and the sack was like it was a play where like nobody got pressure and Mm -hmm. uh i Uh, I think it's a little unfair they did have a holding they did draw okay all right fair enough um but it was a play where like it was you know it went on for a while and the quarterback uh, was going to run for it. And Darius Leonard wound up, I don't even think he was rushing on the play. Like he was just Jack kind Leonard. of in coverage. And uh, he, you know, he cleaned up on, it was like a one or two yard loss or something like that. Yeah. Otherwise, no sacks. They had no sacks in this game. And it's it's a game where they, the Eagles led for the entirety of the game. And I would say Hassan Reddick got pressure in this game. A lot of it. Yes. He had, he had four quarterback hits. And yes. I thought he played really well in this game. That's a lot. Otherwise, it's just no shows across the board. And I don't know what's happened to Josh Sweat, but he's been invisible mm. for like the last month. And, you know, the interior guys, they got a lot of pressure uh, earlier in the season. They especially like really early in the season. It looked like, wow, that's their best positional group on the team. Not so much lately. They, they've been they've been kind of invisible as well uh, over the last month or two. And, you know, you mentioned Jalen Carter who, you know, obviously mm-hmm. looks like a, a, you know, a great rookie over the, you know, the, the bulk of the, the entirety of the season. But lately, you know, his, his production really hasn't been there. I think you and I agree. Fletcher Cox has had a good season. I thought he had a decent yes. game uh, on, mm-hmm. on, on Christmas rather. Um, but, you know, they, they just haven't gotten big plays from, you know, really Carter or Cox or Milton Williams and certainly Jordan Davis, you know, hasn't done much lately uh, in terms of pass rush. Anyway, I think he's done a decent enough job against the run. But what looked like their best positional group really early in the season this year, th- they've not maintained that pace uh, throughout the season. And the pass rush just is not the feared group that we thought it would be throughout this season. They've just been kind of average, in my opinion. They have five sacks in their last three games combined. Mm-hmm. The Giants were giving up 5.4 sacks per game. Like- <laughs> right. You went up against Tommy DeVito, Tyrod Taylor, and Drew Locke in two of those mm-hmm. three games. Like, it's just, it's not good enough. The amount of resources the Eagles spend in their defensive line between the first round picks and the big money contracts, like, it's just, it's not good enough. There have to be more sacks here. And they were doing it earlier in the year. Like you said, it's not like this group isn't capable, just isn't capable of doing it. I mean, obviously, I think the snap counts aren't impacting them. Uh, some context on that. Hassan Reddick has played 58 snaps or more uh, in last year. Let's, let's, let me rephrase this. Last year, Hassan Reddick played 58 snaps or more in just three out of his 17 regular season games. Mm-hmm. Three out of 17. This year, 
he's already played 58 or more in six out of 15 games so like double the amount even though two fewer games so far which is crazy and then if you look at josh sweat who doesn't have a sack since that big play um with his sack on dak prescott late in the eagles week nine game he's up to 771 defensive snaps played in just 15 games this year where he was at 587 in 16 last year it's just you know it's it's insane and um you know it's i don't know really know what to say about that in terms of like it's just it is what it is but i think that's certainly contributing to it and it's not just their fault in terms of that, that they've had to play more snaps um part of it's you know coverage and whatnot and larger defensive issues but um it's concerning and it feels like it's all the more reason why it's pretty dis- disappointing that this team wasn't able to be you know obviously you could say like the jets too or whatever but the seahawks game was right there like they should have won that game they they, they should have been able to close that mm. out it was there for the taking they literally just needed one more first down at the end of the game they control that game um and if they do that guess what they're a win from a win over the cardinals and a win over the giants and we can't see the way right, right now. now from from being the one seed <laughs> yeah. like even with all messing up and they could still get it to be clear and we'll see not likely but possible um but it, my my point here being like they could have really i think this team really needs that buy really could really afford to have that week off with and i think that could potentially you know rejuvenate the pass rush and get it going but i don't you know they might not have that yeah uh two real quick positives to close out here i think uh linebackers they were down their top three guys in zach cunningham nicobe dean and nicholas morrow um Started Shaq Leonard and Ben Van, ben Van Sumeren. I didn't think Van Sumeren mm-hmm. looked all that good. <laughs> I don't think uh, Nolan Smith looked all that good either in his uh, um, his role as the the linebacker in the in, you know the five down lineman sets. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought there were some encouraging things from Shaq Leonard and as a whole, like the linebackers didn't get exposed. That was like the big concern heading into this game with the top three linebackers out wound up not mattering at all. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, like. Darren Waller is really looking like a bust on their on the Giants trade that they made for him this past offseason. He's really not done much for them this season and didn't. And, you know, I think they missed some. He was the reason why they were unable to capitalize on some opportunities in this game that, from the Giants perspective. Um, but anyway, the linebackers wound up not being a, a, a negative factor in this game. And Shaq Leonard showed something in this game, I thought. Um with mm-hmm. with his I think he played he had a steady quality game. And then Britton Covey is awesome. <laughs> like that the, the the long who who were the only two Eagles <laughs> beat reporters to have them on their 53 man roster projections? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. We could go back and research that maybe. It's crazy that he's yeah. not I don't think no 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 no. We're the only two that had the tight end whose name is escaping. Tyree Jackson. Yeah, Tyree Jackson. I thought we both had... We, we, the only we both had Covey, Covey, but we weren't the only ones. There are other people that had Covey. But we would have hmm. tied... I don't or, know if you're right about that. No, there there are other people that had him. It was, it was about... I would have won. It was about I would have won the competition. It was about a 50-50 split. You and I would have tied. We, we would have been... No, tied, I would have won. Tied for the win. No, I would have won. Because I... Well, I would have won, too. If, if uh, they... Why? I was ahead of you. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was tied for oh, first that's at right. the end, okay. and you were yeah. yeah. So I would have won. Okay. And they should have kept him. They they I mean, obviously, it worked out where no one else claimed him, so they had a good read on that. But 
that's dumb. All the teams are dumb. As we said, like he had a really good finish yes. to the season in 2022. So it's not like this came out of nowhere. He had a rough start. People glommed on to that too much. Didn't give him enough credit for improving throughout the season last year. And guess what? He's really good. He had that uh, fumble in week two. And also he, had a, he muffed a punt in this game. So I think there's a little bit of, you know, he's, feel, he's like a little bit of a heat check. A little bit. Feeling himself. <laughs> so, a little heat you know, check. I get it. Yeah. But he earned, he, when you get a heat check, you earn a heat check. You don't just, you know, a heat check doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, the long punt return that he had, the 50-something yarder, I mean, he just made guys miss left and right on that return. That was not like, uh, you know, all of a sudden, like the the seas parted and he just ran through this enormous hole. I mean, he made just a ton of guys miss on that. That was an mm-hmm. awesome return. And then the one after yeah. that where it was a low liner and it bounced. So he's... I, he's he, that was such a high level punt return because first of all he's got to make sure that nobody that that ball doesn't hit the the jammer on that play so he's got to make sure that that mm-hmm. guy clears out of the way he also has to make sure that like his hand signals aren't like he's not waving no to like to get away from that so what he does is he points at the ball he doesn't wave no because i don't know if uh our our listeners are big college football fans but there was a an example of a game iowa I think against Minnesota where Cooper DeGene waved off the gunner or the jammer and he, he grabbed the ball and he returned it for a touchdown, but they said, Nope, that was a, that was considered a fair catch mm. because he waved his hands like, no, 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 get away from it. Well, yeah, you can't have your hands above your well, shoulders. It wasn't even think, that. Right? Like it was, it was like no. he waved his hands like by his waist saying, get away right. from it. And they call that back. You can't do that either. They call that back on, uh, on you know, because they said fair catch. And it cost them a game. <laughs> I will wind up, wind up losing that game. So Britton Covey was, you know, mindful not to do that. And then he goes up and, he, you know, he jumps and grabs the ball mm-hmm. over his head on a bounce. High points the ball. <laughs> it was like, it was like, what, like an 18-yard return or something like that? So it's an 18-yard return plus the yardage that he saved on – how much further the ball would have rolled if he hadn't fielded it at all. It's like that that wound up being like a 30, 35 yard return on what was really like an 18 yard return, but he saved him like 35 yards on that play. It's just a really good player. I mean, obviously they scored uh, after the long read, the 50 something yard return. It was Mm -hmm. an easy, you know, two play 12 or 13 yard touchdown uh, after that long punt return. He's a big reason they won this game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been awesome. Nick Sirianni made the case for him, you know, to be a pro bowler. He should be a pro bowler. Absolutely. He deserves the credit. He has the second highest punt return average in the NFL this mm-hmm. year behind that Chargers yep. guy who AFC. So, you know, like he's the best punt returner, most productive returner in the NFC for sure. So he's absolutely be in the pro bowl. Um, I guess I'll give some quick hitters here to wrap things up. Um, DeAndre Swift, you know, another good oh, game. Yeah, we should absolutely uh, cover them in the run game. Yeah, him in the run game. Yep unfortunate for him that he keeps hitting vultured at the one yard line yes. and i think he i forget the stat i think he's he's had five runs that have gone to the one yard line this year and he hasn't scored a <laughs> touchdown after any of those so that's that's pretty tough, tough hit for his fantasy football owners put him put him in the uh the the the, the tush push at some point especially if you're up you know like let him take a snap yeah. from there like let just push him into the end zone let him get a touchdown or two um keely ringo definitely uh well you can come back to the run game yeah. keely ringo i think you know has shown promise here mm-hmm. he hasn't been tested he's again the quarterbacks he's gone up against the past two weeks you have to and they're giving him easy coverages to, to execute too it, yeah and i'm sure you know they're giving him help but 
uh, as of two days earlier, uh, we're recording this on December 29th. He just turned 21 and a half a couple of days ago. So, you know, for him to show the potential that he has and to make that play, obviously, at the end of the game where he picked off Tarad on the final play mm-hmm. to seal it. Um, that's a that's a pretty special thing. It's a nice play for uh, a young player. So I think, you know, he's shown some interesting potential. Uh, ben Van Sumeran, I thought you, I noticed you said he stunk. I didn't say or I don't you know don't if he, he played too well necessarily, but he he, he, he was well. he was getting a lot of credit for playing well. I didn't see that at all. I, I don't think he played well. I think he played well relative to, you know, an undrafted rookie free agent with the book on him being he's raw. Okay. Um, he has tools, but he's raw. Um, I thought he, you know, he did make one really nice well play. To, it, like, I don't know if it was a yes. tackle for loss or if it was just a short gain. He was very fired yes. up, like <laughs> pumping his fist in the backfield after the play. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there, he certainly has the physical tools, and you can see that on the field. Uh, Jake Elliott quietly had his – he tied his <laughs> – Yeah. Um, the, there's only two points where uh, – the way I'll phrase it, there's only two games where he's had more points in – a game in his career he had 15 points in this game none of them were especially like challenging hicks but still for your kicker to just be incredibly solid and you don't even have to worry about it like that's a nice luxury to have i thought it was funny that grant calcaterra didn't have a target before this game and then he had two in this game and they both went for first downs right. and the first one was the the play where the the ball our great play by jalen hurts where the ball goes over his head he's able to recover it how many other quarterbacks there because of you know they don't have mobility mm-hmm. would just dive on that ball and you're taking like a 15 yard loss or whatever there where he was able to actually make a first down out of it. So that's a definitely incredible play by Jalen hurts there. Um, But again, it's like, it's not like I'm saying, Hey, you need to funnel target to Grant Calcaterra, but maybe he should have (laughs) seen the ball more than literally never before week 16. Like just a thought. Uh, I'm I'm really hitting a lot here, but um, Julio Jones, they ran another like throw them out of the playbook like whatever <laughs> down and long to go and he's literally the oldest receiver in the nfl and they're, they're running these plays to him where like they want to set him up after the catch right. it's insane go, go make a um, go go break three tackles and get the first down oldest receiver in the nfl <laughs> I, I, what what is the what is the thinking uh alameda Zacchaeus should be the wide receiver three attached to that Obviously, the special teams mistake. I thought that was kind of funny, honestly. Was, like, I laughed out loud I, when it happened. <laughs> watching it live, I was like, "Did he just tackle him on purpose?" Like it, yeah. it looked like the way I like, I looked at it, like from the press box, it looked like he like was a traitor, had a change right. of heart, and was like, "I'm gonna tackle Boston Scott." That's what it looked like to me. I was just like. I was so confused when it happened. It was also funny in the respect uh, that like everyone was kind of settling back into their seats when it happened. Yes. In the press box. I'm sure <laughs> right. people watching at home were like, yeah. th- like we're in the bathroom, whatever they're doing, they come back and the giants are, have the ball like, like what? In, inside, like the, in, you know, inside the 20 yard line. And they're like, wait, what, uh-huh. what, 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 what happened? <laughs> that I, yeah, that was insane. Um, James Radbury got picked on final drive for the second week in a row. Not great. Um, Quez only played one snap. Good. Should not. He should be in the doghouse Mm -hmm. after, you know, lack of effort Mm -hmm. and lack of good plays being made. Alameda is Sorry, didn't finish on him. That block he had on the Vontae Smith touchdown was awesome. I mean, he just, he pancaked his guy into the end zone. 
Devontae had so much room in front of him because Alameda was doing a great job of locking yep. downfield, like really awesome job. And that's not the first time he's done that. I think he also had a similar block against the commanders in the first game for another Devontae touchdown, funny enough, where he was just leading the charge or maybe I think it was AJ. It was AJ touchdown um, in that week four game where he's just, yeah, he's, he's killing it. So continue to play him, play him more, yeah. make him the wide receiver three. He's only doing good things. He's giving you like good value anytime he's around. Um, He's not a great blocker on like the quick screens. Like you can get around him, right. go through him. But there's not, it's not for lack of effort. And when yeah. on those plays further down the field, you see him hustling all like all the way. Yeah. And yeah, like you, yeah. like you said, he's made a couple of nice blocks, uh, you know, down like deep down the field this season. So yeah, I like him a lot as, as a role player. Yeah, keep playing him. Uh, so I guess the last thing we'll talk about before we take a break here and we're going long is that um you were you were i saw you were delighted when the eagles crowd was chaining run the ball (laughs) on second and 20. (laughs) yeah well first and 20 i think initially because they started it after Mm -hmm. i think it was a lane johnson holding call on a pass play and then they started chaining run the ball on, on first and 20. and so like the whole run the ball stuff what i mean it's just total nonsense. Like the, the first, like the last few games where like the idea that they weren't running the ball is asinine. They were running the ball a lot. <laughs> like the, what do you, what do you want to run up 75% of the time? It's just, it's just a, it's just a nonsensical asinine, uh, you know, sort of like bottom of the barrel kind of like ridiculous thing to be mad at after some of these games. Um, but in this one, I did think that the run game really was working and at mm-hmm. some at points, like the, the passing game was kind of struggling. And maybe I thought like they should be running the ball a little more than they were. And then, of course, you know, they get the first down on third and 20 with a great pass play from Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown. And then I'm thinking like, OK, they got the first down now. If you're Nick Sirianni, you absolutely cannot run the ball here because now you're going to get the sarcastic cheer. <laughs> and sure enough, they handed and Kenny Gainwell. And the, there's this, there's a big sarcastic cheer as soon as they handed it off. And then it turned into like a real cheer because he broke off like a 22-yard yeah. run. So like yeah. the, the, the whole run the ball thing, like it, I hate the I hate the phrase be better. Do we do we have, like we've been doing this for for what forty years now? Run the ball thing. Come, come on, stop, stop. There- I saw people. I was talking to RJ about this. Like people are doing this with the 49ers and when they lost to the Ravens. Uh, so it was like, well, <laughs> right. they, all the games where they run the ball, they win. And in this game, they got away from the run. Right. It's like no, it's not yeah. what happened. That's not the reason they they lost the game. But yeah, the star of the game in in, in uh, on offense, in my opinion, was was DeAndre Swift. I mean, who just made flashy runs like all evening. The five-yard touchdown yes. run was nice. The play that actually got called back because his knee was like barely touched. That run was awesome where he like reversed yeah. field. And, and I don't even think he was like definitely down. I don't know. It was close. I didn't case. think they were, I actually did not think they were going to overturn that because right. I, I didn't think it was definitive. That's what I'm saying. I don't think you could say 100% he was down. And then also on the run the ball thing too, like Jalen Hurts noted after the game, he was like, hey, by the way, and he – and like mm. I, I, I got I got flack for not for not capturing his the 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 look that he had on his face when he made this comment. He was smiling, but he one hundred percent meant this when he said it. <laughs> he said he's not the only player who said this. By the way, this <laughs> right. isn't just like a him thing, <laughs> right? He said, uh, by the way, like 
uh, you're supposed to make noise when the defense is on the field, not when we're on the, the meaning the not when not when the offense is on the field, which is 100 right. Like when they when had the to use silent the field, count, they shut, literally had to use silent count. Shut the hell up when the offense is on the field. Like how do we? We're supposed to be like this super intelligent fan base. Shut the f up when the offense is on the field. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. No, that is. Uh... Taking on the fans is a very incredibly losing battle <laughs> yes. for a player, let alone me. But again, the evidence is in they had to use the silent count in their own stadium. Yes. Not to deal with like opposing fans being loud, like the Eagles, you know, tend to do because Eagles fans travel well. And that's a nice thing to be able to, you know, take over a stadium. Not because of the opposing fans, because because of their own fans. They had to do that. That is not good. That is not good when your own team has to use a silent count in your own stadium. And sure enough, the Eagles did have some pre-snap penalties in this game. So I don't, you know, it's possible they were connected to that. So you're putting, it's not a home field advantage at that point. It's a home field disadvantage. So yeah, I would say don't get loud when the offense is on the field. I thought that was pretty common sense. I do have one last thing. I'll, I'll, I'll counter the, and I love, I love you. I love you Eagles fans. You are the best. Don't come burn my house down but <laughs> but let me make fun of dumb giants fans real quick here who like were complaining about the hail mary at the end of the game because like mm. saquon barkley flopped in the back of the end zone when the ball was in the air and they're like brian dable like i guess they they were kind of taking their cues from brian dable and tyrod thompson yeah Ty- tyrod taylor rather who were emphatically complaining after that play that saquon barkley got interfered with in the back of the end zone saquon barkley just threw his hands up and fell out of bounds like he didn't get interfered with and then also when you watch the all 22 darren waller just takes uh bradley roby and just throws him to the ground at one point during that play so if there was a penalty on that on that play it was on waller not who was it was it blanket chip that was in the back of the end zone with uh saquon uh i think so doesn't matter who cares because it wasn't a penalty anyway but if there was a penalty on that play it was on waller not blanket chip uh, my last thing on the run of all thing is that I think maybe I've mentioned this before, but like, are you the same people who are saying Jalen Hurts is awesome and AJ Brown's awesome and Devontae Smith is great and we have one of the best pass blocking offensive lines in the NFL? Like, are you celebrating all those things? And if you are, it's like, you don't want to use those things. You just want to run the ball yeah. and not utilize all those awesome weapons you have there. Um, and like, when you're debating rankings in the offseason, you know, like, this player's over this player. Jalen Hurts is only the whatever ranked quarterback. You're like, no, he's better than that. Well, and then at the same time, you're like, well, don't let him throw though. Well, like, okay, which which <laughs> right. one is it? Yeah. And um, also, like, it feels to me it's like people want the 2021 offense back in terms of like the second half of that season, which certainly helped them beat up on bad teams. And then as soon as they ran into a good team that could stop the run, they had no they had no counter to that, and they looked like a Mickey Mouse team all of a sudden. So, yeah. Anyway um all right <clears throat> that covers the giants game um they won that's that matters they're still alive for the one seed they're still in a decent position to get the two seed at the very least you know three seed if they take care of business here in the worst case scenario um in terms of them winning out so yeah it could be worse could have been better could have been worse okay let's take a break here jimmy before we get into this week's game we will be back after this 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, which in addition to Righteous Helen, well, in addition to Wrong Crowd Beer Company, is also brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Fast shipping, high-quality meat snacks that the Philadelphia Eagles themselves have had at the Novacare Complex Fueling Station. So... Um, if you want the same meat snacks that Eagles players have chewed on themselves, you can also get those meat snacks at RightToSellin.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Same discount code works in case maybe you don't eat meat. Um, maybe you do, and you also have a dog, and you want to get your dog treats, You can and high-quality dog treats, I might add, at WildRangerPet.com. Okay, Jimmy. Yes. Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. total fraud yes coming back to philly on sunday a rare one o'clock game for the eagles thank god oh, very year. much looking forward to that <laughs> so uh where do you want to start yeah so uh i look at this team um obviously it's a terrible team they're three and 12 their record is very much well earned um i think they're better than the giants and i'll say it, uh, and i'll put it like this like hmm. Ahead of the Giants game, I was trying not to find much. what's that. Not saying much. You're they're better than the team that ranks 32nd in point differential in DVOA. Yeah, I mean, I was looking for anything to find positive about the Giants heading into that matchup. I couldn't. I just couldn't find anything that I really liked about that team. And there are some things about this Cardinals team that I mm. think you know a are like they've legit some things to build on, and b you know, maybe present some matchup difficulties for what the, the Eagles have. Uh, conversely, I will say that their defense, mm. oh, it's in bad shape. I'll come back to that. Let's get to the positives on this Cardinals team first. Um, first of all, I think like their receivers are a bad matchup for the Eagles cornerbacks specifically. And I say that because they have like these little shrimpy guys that are mm. fast and quick and elusive. And I think that when you look at what James Bradbury and Keely Ringo are, you know, James Bradbury mm-hmm. 6'1", 210, Keely Ringo 6'2", 207, and they aren't the types of guys that are, you know, well-equipped to handle, like... like the, quick the, t- twitch guys. Exa- yeah, like the, the short area quickness guys. Like Marquise Brown may or may not play, by the way. Um, 5'9", he 180. Did not practice... He didn't practice yeah, on Wednesday. He didn't practice on, on Thursday. We'll see if he practices. We're recording this on Friday morning, by the way. We'll see if he practices later today. But he's 5'9, 180, ran a 42740 at his pro day back in the day. Obviously, uh, you know, a threat to take the top off the defense. He was the guy Jonathan Gannon was talking to in the infamous like shoom, shoom, shots, explosives <laughs> video. Uh he was the guy that Gannon was talking to on that. You know, you got Rondell Moore, who's 5'7", 180, 
also has speed to win over the top. Cardinals like to use him in a variety of different ways in the run game as well. Uh, but he's a guy that once he gets the ball in his hands, difficult to tackle. There's Greg Dortch, who's their punt mm-hmm. returner, who's kind of come on a little bit in their in the regular offense. He's 5'7", 175. So you get these three little dudes that can just kind of make guys miss. That's kind of a tricky mm-hmm. matchup for you know what the Eagles have in their secondary currently with Darius Slade potentially being out uh, in this game. He didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday either. Either we'll see if he can play or not. I doubt it. But we'll see. So that's right. that's a concern. And then, you know, from at the quarterback position, Cardinals actually have a way better quarterback in Kyler Murray than the Giants did in Tommy Cutlets or Tyrod Taylor or whoever. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want Kyler Murray as my quarterback if I'm running a team. Like, no way. I, I want nothing to do with him. But as an opponent that you face, like, once, like, he does have talent. He's got a big arm. Yes. He can run around. He can make plays. He can have a big game here and there. So if he does get hot, like that's a quarterback that can be dangerous. Again, I don't want him as my quarterback, but can be dangerous when you play him. You you, you can't win a Super Bowl with him. Yes. You could win a game with him. Yeah, he's very like Kirk Cousins-like in that regard. Hmm. Obviously, wildly different styles of quarterback play, but mm-hmm. it, just in, in the sense that like they can have a big game. They can really hurt yes. you from time to time. He's a dangerous opponent. So he and their offense is way more equipped to do damage against uh, this Eagles defense than the Giants were. And also, like James Conner is a big back. He's averaging four point nine yards per carry this year, so he's been pretty efficient as a runner. And when you have a big back like that, and then sort of the frenetic style running of Kylo Murray, I think like those two guys complement each other pretty well. Uh, Eddie mm-hmm. Di Mercado is a, is another guy that's been in the mix that um, you know he's he's been efficient as well. So like th- they have like a decent run. The run game really worked against the Cowboys when they beat them uh, earlier this yes. season. So they have these you know shifty smaller receivers. They have a run game that you know can do some damage at times. They have the talented talented, but you know like does he really want to be a great football? quarterback uh but has talent can hurt you they have some things that you kind of to oh by the way their tight end trey mcbride Mm -hmm. having a breakout season he's got over 700 receiving yards and that's always going to be a concern against an eagles defense that does not have good linebackers uh so yeah Mm -hmm. i mean that they have this is a team that in my opinion can put points on the board yeah i agree with that um you know they're not a juggernaut to be clear but and (laughs) yeah you know i think there's there's flaws there for sure on a three and twelve team, although it, in, in 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 surprising defense of Jonathan Gannon, he's only a half win away from I think the, their projected win total before. Oh, the was season. it only they three were, and a half? Like, <laughs> pretty sure they were down at like three and a half. Okay. So quite. I mean, I forget who they. I don't know who they play in week eighteen. I guess the Seahawks maybe. Um, it's possible they hit that. They just need one more win from their final two mm-hmm. games to to hit that. Um, and then so, everyone will know, be wrong about the Cardinals when they win their right, fourth right. game when they go four and thirteen. <laughs> Uh, Murray had his, I believe his best pass rating of the season last week, you know, so maybe he's, you know, making some progress. The Cardinals are averaging 20.7 points per game since he's returned to the lineup. That's not amazing, but it's, it could be worse. There's 10 teams that are averaging fewer points than that this season. So, um, yeah, it's not like a moribund lifeless offense there. They have some potential on that. They have some hope on that side of the ball, by the way, he's also, um, he suffered his ACL injury last season on December 12th. So now, you know, he's also over a year removed mm-hmm. from that. 
So I think, you know, you could kind of make the case each week he's kind of getting potentially a little bit healthier. Although, in fairness, he, he has not he hit the ground running as soon as he started playing. Like he, he's been a factor in the run game yes. from day one when he came back. I think they held him out longer than they really needed to. And like, mm -hmm. and like it totally made sense for what they are as a team. Sure. Like they want to lose games, frankly. So, uh, but, but he's, yeah, I think he's, he's, I don't think there's any concerns about that injury at this point at all. He has not practiced yet this week. That is due to illness, yeah. you know, guessing he's going to play. But still, you know, not taking the full slate of reps. I think that's not nothing for mm -hmm. a quarterback. It's not like ideal when you're trying to install the game plan. You're not physically out there. Um, so that's worth noting. But yeah, on the other side of the ball, as you mentioned, Jonathan Gannon's side of the ball. Obviously, he's not the defensive coordinator. That's old Eagles linebackers coach Nick Rallis. Mm -hmm. But still, for a defensive coordinator... Who, by the way, I'm going to reread the Super Bowl stats again. Sorry, Eagles fans. <laughs> no, go right ahead. I want to hear them. Uh, and this is from Shil Kapadia, our good friend. Eagles have played 400 games since two, the year 2000. Among that sample, the defensive performance in the Super Bowl ranked 391st in EPA per drive and 395th in success rate. And then based on offensive success rate, the Chiefs' performance was tied for sixth best of any team out of 568 games in the 2022 season, it was the Chiefs' best game and based on success rate all year, and it, the Eagles' defense was held without a single sack. So thank you, Jonathan Gannon. And not only, Jonathan Gannon, did you royally screw up big time in the Super Bowl where, again, it's not like anyone was asking him to shut down Patrick Right. Williams, but maybe like have a key stop in the second half, like one stop, maybe? Uh, Show or me something different. Be, make them beat you in a different way than they than they did the entire second half. And on that final drive, make them beat you quickly. You yes. know, like be get aggressive. Either lose, like we talk about all the time with Jim Schwartz. Either you know get beat fast, or, make or play. don't get yeah. beat at all. Yeah, or, or yeah, you know, like, get a get a get a sack, get a forced fumble, can, whatever. The only yeah. thing you cannot do there is allow them to it's methodically move the ball down the field. Shell bullshit <laughs> and drain the yeah. clock. And then not give your offense at least a chance to have some kind of uh, shot at the end of the game, right. which is exactly what happened. So great. But not only did he do that, obviously, he also was not totally forthcoming with his intention to leave or potentially leave the Eagles in interview for the Cardinals head coaching job to the point where, a long story short, the Eagles could have had Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator and was actually explicitly highlighted this way by reporting from uh, our good friend Tim McManus from ESPN this week, where the Eagles actually tried to reach out to Vic Fangio after he had already committed to the Dolphins mm -hmm. verbally and said, no, please come back and be our defensive coordinator because Jonathan Gannon is actually leaving us. But, you know, Fangio obviously wanted to honor Man his commitment to yep. the Dolphins at that point. So, uh, yeah. So not only did Jonathan Gannon screw the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and what was it? What podcast was I listening to? Was it, it might have been PHLY this week where, oh, I think it was. I think Zach Berman had said the sense he got from players was that like this could be Jonathan Gannon's Super Bowl, you know, this week. You know, because <laughs> I don't of, doubt that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, why wasn't the Super Bowl his Super Bowl? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Why wasn't the actual literal Super Bowl his Super Bowl? Yeah. Like, he's motivated now to get back at eagle sands or the eagles or whatever like he's the one who screwed them over it's not the other way around anyway it's just a really uh, bad look that he had impermissible contact with the cardinals while the eagles were preparing for the super bowl 
it's just a horrible mm-hmm. look. And then when your yeah. defense plays like garbage in the entire, like, I, you know, all the stats that you just noted makes that, mm-hmm. makes that look, look, you know, it makes it look all the, all the more worse, obviously. And this Cardinals defense sucks is the point. Any kind of metric you want to use like DVOA, whatever, they're just like dead last. Basically. I think this, like this card and now just look at their roster. Like how many more, more how, Gannon, more Gannon hate before we get to, real, real quick. Okay. More Gannon hate. Like he's also sure. just a freaking liar. Like he made up this weird scenario where or like, mm-hmm. and who cares about any of this, but like he made up this weird scenario where like reporters told him during a press conference, we don't, we want you out of here. Like we don't, we, mm-hmm. you should lose your job. Nothing even remotely close to that like, happened. And then he was, he was forced to kind of come back and say that that didn't actually happen. And he gave some, mm-hmm. I forget the, what the reasoning was, but he gave some reason why he, it wasn't a lie and whatever, whatever it was, um, or like he was just talking figuratively or something like that, whatever. Uh, and then like he made up the thing about where he, uh, he told Sirianni to give up play calling oh, yeah. to Shane Steichen during the season last year. That 100% did not happen. To, to be clear, that has not come out like definitively and, and like, he like the Eagles have not said that didn't happen. The you know Gannon has not gone back and say okay that didn't actually happen. I'm telling you right now, reporting factually, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. did not happen. Okay, <laughs> so just a weird, lying weirdo <laughs> is how I would describe Jonathan Gannon. I don't disagree. Um, and yeah, the defense sucks. We don't need to spend a ton, a ton of time on it, but. I mean, who, how many defenders can you name on that defense? Okay, Buda Baker, he's having a bad year. If you look at, like, uh, I think he's allowing the highest pass rating. He's allowed, he doesn't have a single pass defensed or, like, sack oh, no. or interception. Okay. So, That's interesting. So he's not making, like, impact plays at all. Yeah. Knock on wood. Um, so, like, okay, one of their best players, and he's not really doing a whole lot. They're also banged up. They're missing old friend Kaiser White, who's their leading tackler, and has actually made some plays and, played, I think, played kind of well for the Cardinals yeah, this year, but year. he's on IR. Uh-huh. Um, elsewhere like they're they're just not a lot well, of talent here's on that here's side their of the ball. here's their starting lineup week one this year so uh lj collier now on ir not gonna play lecky Fotu, he's like a big like you know six five 340 pound run stuffer ir probably not gonna play uh jonathan ledbetter he's on the injury report I think he practiced or didn't practice on Wednesday, did practice on Thursday. No, oh, he didn't practice at all. No. Okay. Um, so he may not play. You're thinking of Zavin Collins. Oh, uh, Zavin Collins. Okay. So he's uh outside linebacker, you know, didn't practice on Wednesday, did practice Thursday. Victor, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'll give it a shot. Dimukaji. <laughs> I'm sure that's wrong. Uh, but a decent enough player. Uh he uh, did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. Kaiser White, IR done for the season. Josh mm-hmm. Woods, their other starting linebacker, IR done for the season. Corners were Marco Wilson and Keetrell Clark. Marco Wilson's not on the team anymore. Keetrell Clark yeah. uh, lost his starting job at some point. Uh, their two corners now are, um, oh man, Starling Thomas, who is an undrafted rookie. Who signed with the Lions, didn't make their 53, got cut. Cardinals claimed him off waivers. He's now starting for them a corner. And then the other guy is, oh man, I can uh, Antonio Hamilton. You know who their slot corner is? I do. Let's hear it. Old friend. Well, this is he's a backup <laughs> slot because their starter is hurt, I believe. He's or he's on IR or he's not practicing. Um, 
it is uh Andre Sachere. That's right. Andre Oprah and Andre Sachere. So as you mentioned, like the, the two good players that they have are Buda Baker, who's not having his great season, and a guy that mm-hmm. I love. Like he's one of my like I anytime I get a chance to like write like a a trade deadline, they should go after this guy. Jalen Thompson. I love that guy. Like he, he's got some like slot corner ability. He's also a safety. He's actually played well uh for them this year. So they have the mm-hmm. two safeties and otherwise, like I mean, obviously this this team, all those names that I just rattled off that were week one starters, not exactly yeah. the eighty five Bears. But they're literally all of them are either hurt or not on the team anymore or lost their starting jobs. So, like, that's what this defense is right now. There's a good reason why they're 32nd in DVOA. They can't stop the run to save their lives. I mean, if they can't just destroy this defense, then what are we doing? Right. Yeah. Even if the Cardinals do have a good game in offense and Kyler goes off or whatever. I mean, it's not on the game shouldn't be on the Eagles defense to shut the Cardinals offense down. The game is on the Eagles offense to just put up 40 if it takes like whatever, put up like take just put up a ton of points. They have to be able to put up a ton of points and not turn the ball over. Um, So, yes. All right, Jimmy, let's take another break here. I have to run soon. Yep. Back after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back here on BGN Radio, which in addition to... Uh, wrong crowd beer company and right to sell craft jerky it's also brought to you by kristen roach roach realtors jimmy why don't you tell me a little bit about kristen roach of roach realtors 856-906-9295 is where you can reach her via text or phone call this is actually a good time of year to kind of figure out what your house is worth like a, a lot of mm. people start putting their homes on the market around like march april may and you may be surprised to learn like how much your home has increased in value like over the last three four years um they like home values have gone like kind of skyrocketed so if you're just curious like what your house is worth give her a call give her a text she'll send you some home comps and kind of give you an idea of what you could get for your home if you put it on the market no charge for that whatsoever just we would ask that you use her if and when you do put your house up for sale. So yeah, I mean, uh, reach out to her again, 856-906-9295. Boom. Also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green to see our same game parlay that we'll put up on the day of the game. You can get involved in that if you want to. I have not yet decided that, so we'll see what that ends up being. Okay, let's get into these picks against the spread before we end the show, Jimmy. Yep. I'm going to run this through, I believe, six games here that all kind of impact the Eagles as they relate to you know, their seeding, yep. playoff outlook, and whatnot. And also, not even just directly them, but also other relevant things, which I'll explain along the way. Let's start with the Saturday game this week, mm-hmm. which is interesting. You know, nice little before even the Eagles play, we can, we're can we going to find out uh, 
something and it's i there's there's obviously an option here which is more preferable and that is the lions losing this game because that gives the eagles a chance at the one seed slash the two seed depending on what happens with the 49ers so obviously i know people want to be like i'll never root for the cowboys guess what you should root for the cowboys <laughs> no this question week. yeah the eagles yeah it's not even a debate now i will say I think it's fair to view it as a win-win in terms of like, you don't have to be devastated if the Cowboys lose, that can be a nice silver lining that the fact that if the Cowboys lose, the Eagles then will be able to clinch the NFC East with a win over the Cardinals. So it's like, it's not like, Oh no, we clinched the NFC East for the second or or, or became the (laughs) only team to do that for this uh, two years in a row since the 2004 Eagles. You don't need to like be miserable about that. So it is kind of fun to me from my perspective that either the Cowboys lose uh, and that's always fun, typically, or the Lions uh, lose, and that's actually more beneficial for right. the Eagles. So I'm actually going to take the – I'll take the Lions to cover. Uh, they are five-and-a-half-point underdogs because I think they have some fight in them, and I think the Cowboys have, you know, looked shaky. But the Cowboys have been so good at home, I can't bet against them at home. Yeah, I put it like this. Like, the Cowboys' offense is good, their defense is good, and their special teams are good. Or the Lions – there's a very there's a very uh, oversimplified way of putting it. Hmm. Lions offense is good. Lions defense, meh. special teams very shaky. So, uh, Cowboys is very clearly a better team to me. And you mentioned, I mean, mentioned the home uh, the home aspect of it. They've won 15 straight, I think, at home now, and have looked very impressive yep. in those games. I actually will take the Cowboys, and I will take them to cover. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the, so then in that case, the Eagles get the help that they, we both have the Eagles getting the help they need in terms of controlling their paths to the one seed if they win out. So, or sorry, the two seed, the two seed if yeah, they win out right. yes. and staying in the hunt but for the one seed, eliminating one of the that teams brings, that is also fighting for the one seed. That brings us to our next game, which impacts that the 49ers are 12 and a half point four, uh, 12 and a half point favorites at FedEx Field mm-hmm. against the Commanders with Jacoby Brissett starting. Who do you have in this one? Well, first of all, I'll note that uh, with Sam Howell being benched, they're probably going to have their eighth week one starting quarterback in as many mm-hmm. seasons in 2024. <laughs> Eight straight seasons with a new starting week one quarterback the Commanders will probably have. Uh, but as far as this game goes, I think the Niners are just going to go in there and beat the living hell out of them after their embarrassing, uh, you know, basically got punched in the mouth uh, in front of the, the, you know, in front of the the football world against the Baltimore Ravens last week. So I think they're going to be highly motivated to just put it on the next team that they face. And this commander's team has their bags packed for Cabo. They are not. uh, And, and, you know, as we've noted in the past, Josh Harris is, uh, no stranger to tanking. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they should be tanking. Like they should, there's a pretty good chance they're going to wind up with either Drake May or Caleb Williams. Uh, they're currently picking third uh, as it stands right now. So they have a good chance at, at landing, uh, you know, one of the top two or three quarterbacks, obviously top three quarterbacks that they want it um, in this draft. But yeah, they're, they're, they're I think they're going to be motivated to lose. And I think the 49ers are going to mo- be motivated to absolutely put it on this team. This is my lock of the week. Is that okay? Espy Nation NFL show. Commanders plus 12 and a half. I think. The oh, you, oh, really? You're, you're taking the, uh, the points uh, of the commanders, huh? At least cover. Winning is tough. 
I they've been much more competitive with Jacoby Brissett. And I said this on the mixtape on Tuesday. I said if Jacoby Brissett starts this game, I said I'm gonna take the commanders Interesting. With the points here. Okay. They've been much more competitive with him. The 49ers are in a spot where they're banged up coming out of that Ravens game. They've have they're dealing with some injuries there. Uh I also think, you know, they're West they're it could be a little bit of a trap game potential here, like or overlook past the opponent game because like, oh, the commanders are terrible. Um uh it's a West Coast team going to the East Coast off of a short rest, going from Monday night to you know Sunday one o'clock start. You have the rest disadvantage in there. You also have the fact that um what well, what other point did I like in this game? Um I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blanking on, but I think between Jacoby Brissett and the rest disadvantage uh i just i think that the, oh also here's here's what it was I, I recovered i found it last time the 49ers lost a game against the browns like they went through that little bad stretch right. there they lost three in a row i'm not saying that's definitely gonna happen again obviously they lost the ravens in part because the ravens are just a really good team but i do think there is something to that 49ers team where it, it kind of happens in the game you know where like if you punch the 49ers in the mouth in the game early they typically can't recover. They're just not a good team. They're not a team that plays well from behind. I almost wonder if that might carry over game to game sometime, where like where it did earlier this season, where they had that losing stretch. It seemed like they kind of lost their mojo for a little bit. I know they were dealing with injuries mm-hmm. then, but it's still kind of... Well, they are now, too. Like, the they had extent. some guys go down that's in the Ravens game. That's why, yeah, I also said that. So um, I, I like the Commanders to be... That's like, it's a big number. 12 and a half is a big number. So I think they might be able to cover. I think Jacoby Brissett can kind of make it interesting. I think the 49ers ultimately win the game, but I think the Commanders make them sweat it out a little bit more than people are expecting. They did. I know okay. they did roll the drag the Jags after that three-game losing streak there, um, but that was also off a of bye week. Like, they had that, and this is not an extra rest. Right. This is actually, in fact, short rest. So... I'll take the commanders to cover in a loss. Let's move on to, which means we're both not expecting the Eagles to get their help um, this week Correct. in terms of needing the 49ers to drop at least one of their last two games. Um, but it's potential for uh, this. There's a potential setup for the, uh, the 49ers who are playing the Rams in week 18. The Eagles need the Rams to not clinch a playoff spot and have nothing to play for uh, this week. Right. So it would be very nice from uh, to Rod Taylor and the Giants to be able to actually beat the, the Rams. The Giants are hosting the Rams. The Rams are five-and-a-half-point road favorites. But, I mean, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm guessing you are, too. Yeah, I'll take the Rams, and I'll take them to cover. I actually, it's, this line was actually four-and-a-half a few days ago. I don't know how. I don't know how it was four-and-a-half. Like, it's insane. This Giants team is ass. <laughs> like, this Rams team is playing really well. Like, they, they've won five of yeah. six, and, like, the one loss that they have was overtime loss to the Ravens in Baltimore. So they actually played mm-hmm. well in the, in, the one, in the one loss that they had in that stretch. So, yeah, right. I mean, I don't see any way the Giants slow this team down. I mean, I'll take the Rams. I'll, I'll lay five-and-a-half, four-and-a-half, whatever it is. And like, so a little more clarity on your point where like they, if they clinch this week, then they probably will rest starters. By the way, it's like, yes. they'll probably play Carson Wentz. <laughs> like he's their backup, of course, <sighs> to, to Matthew Stafford. So you have Carson Wentz and a bunch of Rams backups going into San Francisco to try to win that game or not try to win whatever they, they I mean, they won't be trying to win that game at all, mm. but it's Rams win and Seahawks loss for them to clinch. Yeah. So, so let's go to that game next. Yeah. So if the if the Seahawks win, then it doesn't matter. The Rams will play their starters next week anyway, as long as like there's no schedule 
f ups by the NFL on that. <laughs> but like, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, so it's likely that the Rams, the, the Seahawks are favored by the by what two and a half, I think, over There's the Steelers. Three and a half points right now over half, the Steelers. Okay. Uh I don't like either of these teams, <laughs> but uh, I like the the Seahawks more than I like the Steelers. And the Steelers are going to be starting Mason Rudolph, who actually played pretty well last week. I forget yeah. who they played. The Bengals. Okay, the Bengals. Um, but I don't buy him. You know, one 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 decent game isn't you know isn't going to change my opinion of what Mason Rudolph is a player. So yeah, give me the Seahawks in that game. I'll lay the three and a half. I think the Steelers cover. It'll be like a three point that, game. I'm worried. I'm always worried of betting against Mike Tomlin as an underdog, especially a home dog. So they're on the road. No, that's a, that's different. A, that's, in the, that's in Seattle, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying like. Typically, like that would be a definite lock for me. I'm taking the Steelers. I think it's a three point game. I think the Steelers cover. They play competitive. Um, hard, it's hard to bet against Tomlin entirely, but uh, Seahawks are at home. I think they figure it out. I think they do win. So that does give the Eagles help in terms of making the Rams have to play mm-hmm. in week 18. So we do think that'll happen. That brings us to an interesting game in terms of uh, multiple angles. Number one, the Eagles can have the Saints be eliminated from the division with the Bucks, the Buccaneers being able to clinch the NFC South if they beat the Saints this weekend. So that would be really nice for the, the Eagles in terms of making sure that Saints second round pick is not definitely in the playoffs. I don't, it's not, the Saints can still get a wild card, I think, if they lose this game, obviously, depending what happens elsewhere. So Eagles aren't totally out of the woods on that front. But still, um, obviously, you know, the Saints not having uh, a division crown is still... Uh, ideal for the Eagles right. and from the other side of it if the Bucks wrap up uh the division they have nothing to play for in week 18 mm-hmm. which could be very nice for the Eagles in terms of uh if the Cowboys get the five seed which you know they will if the, as long as the Eagles figure out a way to not give the division up and win the NFC East then the Cowboys will be playing a Bucks team that has a week of rest here mm-hmm. and so. has been playing well of late, like Baker Mayfield's played yeah. really well. And then presumably, you know, obviously if they win week 17, they won't have played horribly. You'd think. Um, right. So yeah. Uh, the saints are eliminated by the way, for sure. If they lose and this Eagles from the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. They're done. If they lose to the bucks, they're done. Um, okay. So the, the Eagles pick won't be worse than, I think it was 47th. I figured out overall. I wrote, okay. a, I wrote my whole rooting guide this morning before the, but it's not published yet. Nice. But, uh, it's that it won't be worse than 47th overall. Um, top 50 pick top nice. 50 pick. Yeah. So, uh, that'd be nice for the Eagles. And I have actually, I have the saints winning this game because I feel like if you're a conspiracy theorist Fair. at all, and I'm not, but at the same time, I kind of feel like, this is the kind of game where if there's going to be weird things that go against the Buccaneers, this is the time to have it because if they don't, if, if the Bucks clinch, then like you said, their game week 18 is mm-hmm. meaningless as is the saints game against the Falcons, uh, mm-hmm. which is also week 18. I think the Falcons could still have a, I think they'd still have a, a, a chance of getting a while. I'm not sure about this or not. I probably shouldn't be talking about it. Uh, but but that game would be almost completely meaningless at least uh, week eighteen. The NFL doesn't want that. They want two competitive mm-hmm. games like that week. Especially they they're going to want to have a game in that Sunday night football slot as well. So yep. 
like the the Buccaneers clinching over the Panthers is a candidate maybe if the Bills win and the Dolphins lose week 17 that could be a candidate for the Sunday night football game uh week 18 but I don't know uh kind of going off on a, on a tangent here but I have the Saints winning this game because I think uh that mm. it'll 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 drag out to week 18 uh who wins that NFC South title it does feel too easy if the Bucks just win yes. and wrap it up. It feels, <laughs> and that I think there's just something too from the Saints like wanting it more from that standpoint. It's like they need it more. They have to keep their season. Yeah, they're, they're, alive. their season's they're over. Give, they're, yeah, if they lose, yeah, yeah, they're going to give you know the Bucks their best effort. But I'll I'll take the Bucks. I think the Bucks are just playing better, and the Saints have bad vibes. So I will take Buccaneers to win. Okay, that brings us to the Cardinals at the Eagles. Eagles opened up. I forget exactly where the line opened up. I didn't see right away because of the Monday. Like Twelve game. or thirteen, somewhere in that range. It was like and thought, then it, okay, and then it dipped. It went down to eleven, uh, pretty much after the Eagles beat the Giants. I did see that, and now, right now, as we're recording this, and I'm saying it to you on Friday at nine thirty-nine a.m., the Cardinals and the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are favored by twelve points at home against the Jonathan Gannons. Uh, which way are you going in this one? So I looked back at how many games the Eagles won by at least three scores last year. Do you know, do you, do you, have, do you know any idea what that is? You want I'm going to say six, six, ding, ding, ding. That's correct. Boom. Good job, buddy. You know how many they have this year? Uh, the biggest margin of victory this year is 14. They did it twice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they have no three score wins this year. I think this is the week. Like they do it this week. Like they blow this team out. <laughs> Don't you feel like, um, like the clown mean putting like like you know uh, the clown uh, face paint on or whatever or or like Charlie Brown you know like going at the football. <laughs> right. like, this, this is it. This yeah. is gonna be the week. Yeah. So I got it. I got it. Uh, Thirty-seven to twenty. Barely winning by three Ooh. scores. So 17, 17 point. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Eagles don't deserve benefit of the doubt. That's how I've looked at this. That's yeah. like, that's why I took the totally Giants fair. to cover yeah. against them. Uh-huh. And that worked out. However, I do think this Cardinals defense is just so bad. Yes. And I think the Eagles offense can get going and get cooking. And I do think it would be kind of fitting that Jonathan Gannon comes in here and the Eagles just destroy him. It also worries me that the Jonathan Gannon revenge game is terrifying. It's a terrifying thought. It'd be miserable. It'd be awful, but I'm not going to allow that to exist. I'm not going to manifest that. I'm going to manifest the opposite. I'm going to say the Eagles do end up winning this game comfortably. Although I just said they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. It is fair <laughs> to point out that they were close, you know, to they, to blowing the game open against the giants. It wasn't like they had no path to that. It wasn't like they weren't close to that. They didn't get there, and that is the reality. But they have shown the ability, I think, to potentially get there. So it's possible. I think they're frustrated. I think it's possible, you know, the Devontae Smith frustration, just using that as an example, manifests in a positive way. And it's like the, the Cardinals turn into this punching bag, and the Eagles are, like, taking out their frustrations on this team. It's like, And it feels – it's like a release. It's cut. Uh, catharsis, catharsis. What's the Cathartic. word? Catharsis. Cathartic. Cathartic. Yeah. Cathartic. Where they're like, oh, like everyone is happy after the. You can see it. Like they're, I can envision it after the game. You know, they're feeling good about themselves. They just put this beat down on a team. It's like for the first time all year, they finally play a complete game, 
and they feel good about themselves. So I'm going to say that's what happens. I'm going to say the Eagles win. Uh, I forget what the over-under is, but I'm going to say they win by 35 to 17. 18-point okay. win. All right. You're going bigger than me then, 18 versus 17. They better score like five touchdowns in this game, <laughs> given the state of this defense. Okay. Uh, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Uh, I'm. We mentioned, we mentioned it earlier, but thank God for a 1 o'clock game for a change. It's been... Since Amen. week eight against the commanders when they had a week one or excuse me, one o'clock game. And then before that week four also against the commanders It's only their third one o'clock game of the year. And this schedule has just kind of sucked from brutal. Just, uh, you know, like, a, I, I don't know how, how much uh, our listeners or readers or whoever or just fans in general like when their team is on prime time. I feel like most kind of don't <laughs> like I think, I think some I think at a market some do yeah right do yeah right if you can't like if you can't get it on your t- TV otherwise but I kind of feel like that's going away a little bit like the NFL has yeah. made it easier to get games um that it's not like you have to have it like a direct it's not like you have to have direct TV or whatever anymore to get every game um mm-hmm. so I think that's changed a little, little bit but uh man it's brutal I mean, nobody cares about me or you, but like, yeah, but I imagine for the players too, it's not fun yeah, to be playing yeah. late all the time. Right. But I mean, like, because like a, a normal Sunday, like this coming one, the players can do their game. And Fletcher Cox even mentioned this on the, the PHOY podcast. Like, he's, he felt like relieved. It's a one o'clock game. Oh, yeah, that's you, funny. Yeah. You have your normal one o'clock schedule. Yeah. You finish the game, you can go home and have dinner and relax. And, you know, like, it's not like you're getting done and you're going home and it's you know eight o'clock game here it's midnight it's already into the next day yeah i'm excited to just get home at like seven after uh after this game which is uh a, a treat for for me um but yeah it's been a it's been a horrible schedule this year in terms of just being all over the place thursday night Sleeping. games we you you know you and i mentioned offline it's their it was their fourth monday game on Christmas fourth of the season, it's insane that four Monday games GTFOH NFL. So usually a team would play two at the most, the <laughs> right. very most. Yeah, so that's been a pain in the ass. Um, but so I'm very much looking forward to getting home at a reasonable hour this weekend. Agreed. Um, hopefully you'll make it easy and finish out 2023 strong. Go into the new year 2024 with a positive attitude. Um, for all the negativity that's existed and of the Eagles' own volition in a lot of ways, beat the Cardinals. Again, it's not like, hey, you beat the Cardinals and the Giants and now you feel like you can take on the world. You can definitely beat Dallas, which I think they can because they already did. And or, But the same thing with the 49ers. But I, as I think I, I likened it to last week, they kind of just need to see the ball go through the hoop. You just, they they kind of just need to build up their confidence. I don't care if it's the Cardinals. Just go... Go and kick the crap out of a team. I think you'll be feeling better about yourselves, regardless of the opponent. You'll, you'll feel more confident in yourselves. The Cowboys got a lot of credit this year for beating the crap out of bad teams. So I think it's fair that the Eagles can get some credit for beating the crap out of a bad team. Sure. They have to do it. We'll see if they can do it. It doesn't mean they can win the Super Bowl just because they blow out the Cardinals, but it would certainly be a step in the right direction, and I think that's a win for now. We'll see if they can do it. <laughs> okay. This has been BGN Radio, episode 375. Check out, out all our sponsor information in the episode description, including our, our 
in addition to our social media handles, we appreciate you and your patience. I did see a Reddit post last week on the Eagles subreddit that was like, where's BGN Radio? It's already late in the week. So I appreciate the care. Yes, uh, that anyone cares than, enough yeah, to make right. that post. I, it'd be more alarming uh, if if, if uh, nobody complained. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Uh, the holiday schedule has been frustrating and challenging. The short week schedule has been challenging and frustrating. I'm making excuses, and that's not a good look. So sorry about that. We have to do better. We have to be better. But uh, we appreciate your forgiveness and your patience. Also, the podcast is free, so just keep that in mind. Um, uh, Jimmy, you and I will be back after this game. Early next week, we will do better about that. And it'll be easier because it's a Sunday 1 o'clock game. So we'll actually have the the scheduling will be much easier on our ends to actually get yes. a post-game pod out early in the week. And certainly we can talk about the playoff ramifications and find out exactly when the Eagles will be playing mm-hmm. in week 18 because we don't know that yet. We're guessing it's probably going to be on Sunday at 4, but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. Could potentially be on Saturday. We shall see, but... Um, for now, everyone can enjoy the Eagles, Cowboy, or, uh, the Cowboys Lions game and see how that goes on Saturday before the Eagles play on Sunday. And we will be back here with you on BGN Radio. So rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We will talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.